Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 115 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have the absolute pleasure of talking to one of the most beautiful people I've met in a long time, inside and out. That is the legend Mark Brand. Mark is a social impact entrepreneur. I had no idea what that means, but Mark describes it perfectly. He is a semi-retired rap DJ, and he's also a sober guy. On this episode, Mark walks us through his journey of life and finding his passion, and he even has a tip to help you find yours. So grab a pen and paper, listen up, Let's get into it. The holidays are here. Don't wait for a new year, new you. See what you have to gain by going booze-free for 30 days, by taking the 30 Days to Gain Booze-Free Challenge. When you sign up, you will receive daily emails of motivation, education, and inspiration delivered right to your inbox. And you will have two daily exercises to complete to keep you accountable. If you want to see what life was like without booze, this is the time to do it. Give yourself a booze-free holiday season. Head to asobergirlsguide.com and sign up today. Mr. Mark Brand. I am so excited to speak with you today. How are you? So well. Super happy to be here with you as well. You know, just talking to you in the beginning, you're, you kind of remind me of like the modern day Mr. Big from Sex and the City. Have you ever heard? Have you ever got that? Uh, I have not. What was that? What's that actor's name? Mike? Is it Michael? No, Chris, Chris North, Chris North, Chris North. North? Yes. North? And I yeah. remember because he was in law and order when I was like five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, yeah. So I never watched sex in the city. So you have to give me some context. Okay. So Mr. Big was, he was like, kind of like the dream guy, like back in the two thousands, right? Like oh, he was geez. the main characters 
like on again, off again, like, you know, it was looking back at it, it was like a toxic relationship. But, <laughs> but that's why I say you're the modern man of <laughs> of Mr. Big. You don't know me. I mean, I could very much be that. <laughs> I, I try not to be. Well, and that's why you're the modern version. You try not, you're conscious about it. You're mindful. Um, whereas, I mean, Mr. Big, maybe not so aware, let's say. <laughs> New York is a complicated city. Yeah. And so Mr. Big was like this like financial guy, like really, you know, appealing to women, like in that era, you know, in the early 2000s. And I feel like you are the modern version of that, you know, being a social impact entrepreneur, which I definitely want to get into because I'm not quite sure what that even means. And <laughs> we need to talk Sometimes about it. I don't either. I can't wait. Great. Um, so you're, yeah, you're like the modern, updated, aware, woke, if you will, oh, version, no. <laughs> version of Mr. Big. You are our 20, well, you know what? Let's just go 2021. Mr. A better Big. vintage. It's a much yeah. better vintage. And I, I appreciate the words. <laughs> Um, and you know, I will, I will try to live up to the stage that you've set in these next 38 minutes and 12 seconds. There is nothing to live up to because you're just naturally it. You naturally embody him. Sarah, um, Parker, watch out. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so, uh, let's get back to what a social impact entrepreneur is because you're quite the mover and shaker in Vancouver and all over the world. Like, can you tell us what that means? Yeah. And so I guess maybe I'll just start with my work. And in Vancouver, I opened my first restaurant, um, restaurateur. I'm a, a cook as well. Um, I didn't apply that trade here in Vancouver cooking until again, until like 2015 or 2016, but I opened my first restaurant in the downtown east side in 2006, named mm. after my mom, Benita, just here on my neck as well. And my journey sort of taking me into all sorts of different things. So I, before that in former life, I was a, a funk rap soul DJ in Australia for almost 10 years. And prior to that, oh. I was a cook. And so food, entertaining, convening, it's always been at the heart and sort of the, the blood of what I do. I, I really enjoy getting people together and opening um, conversation, mm -hmm. opening um, their eyes to things. And whether that be culinary or music and now very much into social purpose and impact where my journey's gotten to. And so that journey in, in the downtown east side in Vancouver and Gastown led me to open nine or 10 businesses uh, within wow. about a six year span. So from a sushi restaurant to a retail clothing outlet, a gallery, a live music venue, a ramen house, all sorts of things, all within three blocks, uh, which then were sort of the, I guess it would say, you could say it was my, um, my G League to mm -hmm. figure out what I actually wanted to do in the world, which is feed, train, and employ as many people who are living in the margins as possible. Mm. And in 2010, 2011, I took over the historic Save on Meats building, 21,000 square feet uh, with my team. And we hacked it into what was known as one of the first social impact incubators. Mm. Right? So what does that mean? I hate yeah. jargon. I hate jargon. <laughs> but sometimes it's all we've got right? Like mm -hmm. language is challenging. And with my work, if you touch it and you feel it, which is what I want you to do at all times, um, it's easier to explain. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But what it is, is it was a 21,000 square foot building that we hacked into um, a place where young businesses working in agriculture, working in social purpose. There was an organization that was training people how to box. We put them on the fourth floor in an oh. old meat locker. I had artist studios. We had urban agrarians in there. Fledgling soul food was in a meat locker with me in an office. And then we were cranking out meals for people in the neighborhood. And for those of you who are not familiar with the downtown east side, it is the largest open air drug market, one of the densest areas of homelessness, mental illness, and visible despair in the world, not just in Canada, not just in North America, but globally. So we're smack dab in the middle of that. And I have been for 15 years. So we, we create this thing, we start working all these different archetypes. And then we start getting visitors. And the visitors who are coming to the work are the mayor of Germany, <laughs> who's like, Random. hey, okay. what is this? And can you teach me? I was like, I'm not really sure what it is, but this is what it does. Mm -hmm. And she's blown away. And then we ended up doing a reality show uh, for the Oprah Winfrey Network in and around the work. And it just became this part of like focus for us because we realized really quickly that the energy we felt for doing this work genuinely was propelling the impossible. Mm. Because what we had taken on and what I ended up holding the bag for was just so ridiculous on paper. It bucked (laughs) against everything that made sense. Location, Mm -hmm. the worst in the city, arguably one of the worst in the country, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. The business model, it's a food primary business. People don't want to come down there. Yeah. Right? What Like all of the things that you do a check mark, it didn't make sense, but it works. And it works because we consistently are iterating. And iterating just means, what are we going to do now? Right in the front of it now, I built my own, for those Spike Lee fans, like Do the Right Thing radio station. We have over 40 shows in the front window. We changed the butcher shop into like a tasting room for my brewery on the Sunshine Coast, Persephone. We moved that into a more inclusive space to hold small community gatherings. We have a trans drag show biweekly when the world opens back up. It is a space that consistently reinvents itself to be truly in service to the people of Vancouver who Mm. do not have a space otherwise. And outside of that, we pump out about 1,100 meals a day that go into single room occupancy hotels, SROs, transitional housing for people coming out of recidivism, um, jail, coming Mm. out of street entrenchment, um, and really trying to transition back into society. And that program will hit 3 million meals this year before we close out. So these are things I I give you this contextually because everything I've ever learned as an entrepreneur, as a convener, as a speaker, as moderator, all of the things that I do, I just, they're a toolkit, Mm -hmm. right? So when people are like, you're Jack of all trades, I'm like, no, I just, I like to learn a lot and I've never stopped. And so I, I had the distinct pleasure of being a professor of innovation. I taught at the Stanford D school. I taught at USC, uh, in, I taught the course called innovation dynamics for the doctoral social work program because all of this stuff is the same, right? They're just in different boxes and it's all valuable. And what we're learning more than anything and what you do with your life is you share experience lived Mm -hmm. that then helps people see themselves in it versus it being other. Yes. There's no us in them. There's only us. That's all we got. Yeah. Right. So I, I hope that gives a little bit of scope as to what I do in Vancouver on, on a global scale, a better life foundation, which is my charity in, in Canada also operates on the U S side. We operate in Brownsville. We're based out of Queens. We work in 
you know, Brooklyn. We work in Harlem. I sit on the New York City Food Bank's Culinary Council. We work in Oakland, San Francisco, Los Angeles. All of that work is in and around BIPOC communities, mm-hmm. particularly focused on youth and training and empowerment. So it's, wow. it's the same sort of work, but just meeting people where they are yeah. uh, in their communities. And then and globally, I get the distinct pleasure to be a chef for lots of different organizations, the Future Food Institute, the FAO of the United Nations. I work with them on food waste. And last year we established September 29th as Global Food Waste Day. Mm. And all of those different pieces, and I'll I'll keep saying this, it's all the same thing. Yeah. It's about shedding light into the corners where people think that they can't make change. If I can, (laughs) if the UN lets me in the building, literally anybody, (laughs) if you put in your heart, your passion, your energy into something, yeah. And you really just think about it. Don't not, not what other people have told you, but what, what you bring to the table. Um, yeah, yeah. Success is in front of you. That's so interesting. It sounds like, and I, I love how you kind of just said like everything is the same, but you know, you being able to pivot and change and, and make these adjustments as you go, it sounds like you're a really good listener. It's like you skill. have to be right. Critical skill. How do you fine tune that skill, or how did you fine tune your your skills? I mean, alcohol can start to come to play right in this part of the conversation. Mm. So can okay. caffeine. So can narcotics, whether the ones that we deem legal or the ones that we deem illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, prescription or otherwise, all of it mm-hmm. removes us from our what we could call our soul or yeah. our center, and we use it as distraction. Everything in moderation for some mm-hmm. people. I don't have that moderation. Mm, no. I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know where that off switch is. Yeah. You know, it's a week later and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. What are we doing now? <laughs> um, and that's just my personality. And because I have uh, three or four, three main forms of what would be diagnosed as mental illness, because mm-hmm. 25% of the planet does, um, those things are triggered heavily mm. by exterior inputs. And so those inputs make it impossible for any of us to hear each other. Totally. Because nonverbal communication is in my books, 80% of the conversation. Mm-hmm. If I'm sitting here with you and you, I am, there is not a cue I am missing. I'm only here with you. My mm-hmm. phone's nowhere near me. There's no audio. There's nothing else but this moment in this conversation because it's an important one, but they all are. Yeah. And we, we walk through our life half connected to 50 different things. Yeah. And, right. And, and we miss it. Yeah. You, you're missing it. You're consistently worrying about what happened or planning for what's next. Mm-hmm. And then you miss the whole journey, the difficult totally. parts, the hard conversations that become easier when you're present. Because when you're present, you're not catching up to what's been said. <laughs> you're just there. <laughs> totally. It's yeah. not hard right? To just really give yourself to it. And so distractions for me are just not, it's not an option. I told you the things that I do in the work and the people that I serve. Yeah. That is greater and higher than self. Mm -hmm. And it has to always be. So I have a a distinct advantage in my sobriety, which is I have a thousand people a day that genuinely count on me plus, plus, plus. Mm -hmm. And my sobriety is directly linked into the great impact that that will either have or not have 
I have incredible teams of support and wonderful partners, et cetera. So it's not centered around me by any means. I decenter myself from all of our organizations, Yeah. but it very much relies on me to bring all of my love and passion to support them Yeah. in doing the work to support the innovation, the ingenuity, the high level partnerships. And you can't do that shit when you're not in your right mind. No. And hungover is not in your right mind. Oof. No, it is not. Not at all. <laughs> I, I totally understand that. And like, why would you want to waste it? Like, why would you want to miss it? I know some people, you know, aren't as fortunate to, to have maybe found a passion or something that drives them. Like, it sounds like when you talk about this, like your eyes just light up. Like I can see like this is in, in you. It's just naturally who you are and what you want to be doing with your life. But a lot of people don't have that passion. They don't know. They haven't tapped into that maybe yet. Yeah. And so I feel called to share this because I think any conversation that somebody is giving us their time to listen to us, mm-hmm. they, we should give them something. So let's give them something right now. And this is a very important tool. Mm. I think it's the most important tool. And it's, it's one that I'm working on. Structure. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. ...into a publication that's almost finished. Um, and that I'm going to share as wide and as far as I can. So I appreciate the prompt and I don't think it comes by accident. So I didn't know what I was passionate about or why, but more importantly, why? Yeah. Right? So yeah. I start doing the work in the downtown East side. We're on the front page of every publication nationally, internationally, you know, we're a monocle, we're in everything. Yeah. And the question is, why are you doing this? Yeah. Everybody's really curious. I'm like, cause somebody has to. That's my defensive, aggressive, like toxic masculinity answer. Cause, cause somebody has to, Yeah. government's not doing it. Yeah. Companies aren't doing it. Charities are failing. Public citizens don't give a shit. Well, yeah. you just vilified everybody. That's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the answer. Cause it's not true. That's mm. not why. Yeah. But the reason we have so much trouble, first of all, why we use all these different escapes is because of our own trauma. Mm-hmm. And we play a game of competition with trauma, which is that I didn't have it as bad as X. Therefore, I didn't have it bad. Mm. Bullshit. It's yeah. Utter bullshit. Utter bullshit. And, and people are like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I sure I slept in my car for a couple of months, but I wasn't homeless. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely were. If you slept in your car for a couple of nights, you were homeless. Yes. If you didn't have a fixed address for any amount of time whatsoever in your life, you were homeless and yeah. it leaves a scar. Yeah. And you know, what does it feel like? If you've run from an abusive relationship, your physical being is in danger. Your emotional being is in danger. Mm-hmm. If you've not known where your next meal's coming from, 75% of people in North America have experienced that at least once. Wow. That's not rare. No. It's the human condition at this point because capitalism has destroyed us. Now, 
if you can relate to that and own it and not worry that it will damage the particular container that you've put forth to the world, that it doesn't bludgeon that, that it doesn't bruise you, that it in fact empowers you. And you can own that narrative and any of the naysayers that come along with it. Your power is infinite in that space mm. because there's no closet. There's, there's nothing in there. There's nothing to point to. Right. You know, I had somebody get a real bee in their bonnet with me, um, a local journalist, and they tried to do an investigative journalism piece on me. They're not a journalist, so it's pretty challenging for them, I'm sure. But they went into it for about three months. And what they came out with was almost nothing, but they insisted on writing a piece anyway. Mm hmm. And it was one of the most liberating moments of my life. It was like, yeah, I've said all the things that you want to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's, if you've been there are no my skeletons socials, in this closet. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I'm kind of sad there isn't any left to share. There's no yeah. I mean, of course there is. There always is. But there's nothing that, that has any power over me whatsoever. Because mm. if it does, it reduces my ability to show up for what I give a shit about. So you can't hide yeah. from it. You have to face all this stuff because ultimately you're only lying to you. Yeah. And you know, you hear that statement a lot, but what is the fact of it? If you feel unsettled in your internal being and in your internal makeup because of something, whether that be falling out with somebody who you know that that will like never, let's say that it never comes back to a place and you still have something you want to share, share it. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a game of chess. Yeah. Right. Like just literally share it. And, Expect nothing. Sometimes magic happens. Sometimes nothing happens, but at least it's not yours. And, yeah. you know, the common trope that goes around the internet is that person's living rent-free in your head. Mm -hmm. They are. Yeah. Get them out of there. There's only space for you at the moment when you're growing, right? When you got to figure out what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so here's a Venn diagram. And for okay. those of you unfamiliar with that terminology, imagine three circles that cross over slightly. And in the very center is you. You are the center of that circle. What are the three concentric things on the outside that cross over to make up what you are going to do in the world is the question. So when mm -hmm. I start asking myself the tough questions around why do I care so much about poverty and homelessness? Man, my whole life is why. Mm. My family's generational lives is why. My heritage is why. This, it's all living inside this container until it's fixed. Right. And so if I'm working on fixing it, I'm doing great. So there's, there's my what do I care about and why. That's your first circle. Okay. And you can care about abandoned dogs in Mexico. And if that lights you up, they need your help. Trust. There's yeah. more than enough causalities for you to get behind. And you have to get behind the one you care about, not the one that somebody tells you you should care about. It has to be yeah. yours. And it could be real odd to you. The odder the better. You're going to dig in, right? When I was running all of these businesses, we're a 16.8 million revenue company, zero investment, every award under the sun, the most miserable I've ever been in my life. Oh. When they say money isn't the answer, yeah. I can say from having zero to having lots of it and now having just enough to get by, it's completely irrelevant to your actual motivation. We're just trained to believe that we care about it more than we actually do. Yeah. And we're put into this zero-sum game of debt, et cetera. We'll leave that alone. So okay. you're passionate about this thing, right? The secondary thing is, what's a skill you wish you could use more? Hmm. A skill, not something somebody told you you were good at, although it could be the same. Yeah. Not a job you once had, although also could be the same for me. What's cooking? I started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. 14. Yeah. I went back to it. People were shocked. I was like, I've been doing it for 30 years. Surprise. Um, <laughs> so it could be something that you, I realized that that was my tool. I could get people together. I had lots of friends who were musicians who people knew of. They had some celebrity and notoriety. I could bring people together, cook for them because they were surprised I was cooking for them. Yeah. Even more surprised when it was good. <laughs> the first couple of times they're like, wow, this is really good. I'm like, I've been doing this my whole life. Shocking. Um, and so when I realized that that was a superpower of mine, I was like, holy shit, I have you contained. I can tell you all the stuff I care about now and you're listening. Yeah. And why are you listening? Because you're well-fed and you care and you feel looked after and the hospitality's on 10. Yeah. Ooh, I'm onto something here, right? So I was like, okay, that's my skill. Okay. I'm not going to be the CEO anymore. I don't want to be the CEO. Yeah. I want to be the advocate cook. And of course, I'll still go over all the books and everything else. But forward facing, I want to do this part now. Yeah. And so I had to blow up my life. I literally Ooh. had to blow the whole thing up. I was like, oh, well, I guess I don't do business anymore. Of yeah. course, I still do business, but I'm not going to open new things. I'm going to get rid of all the things that don't serve the people and planet first. All of that transition took me two and a half years. That's Opening quick. a business. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you cut <laughs> I mean, the fat. Try to like, move as fast as I can, right? Yeah. To get to it. So here's, that's the thing. Your, what's your skill? And yours could be anything. Mm -hmm. You could be like, oh, I really love accounting, but nobody needs that. Trust me, they do. Yeah. You know, I'm a UX designer. That's not helpful. Oh my God. Have you seen a social purpose website? Like very important skills. Everybody's skill is needed in this army. Mm -hmm. The third part of the diagram is I think the most critical. How much time do you have? Hmm. And asking yourself that question in general just feels super uncomfortable because their guilt radar goes all the way up. They're like, uh, when I'm not on Instagram, when I'm not on Twitter, when I'm not on TikTok, when I'm not on Facebook, when I'm not... Yeah. All of those things when I'm not binging Netflix, you shouldn't feel guilty about any of those things. You should check your moderation. It's not good for your mental health, but yeah. you shouldn't feel guilty about the things that you do as coping mechanisms or to connect in a pandemic in particular. But how much time could you shave out of there? Mm. Is it an hour? A month? Is it two? If that feels comfortable, start there. Don't push it. It's funny when you, when you said like, how much time do you have? I literally just... I don't know why, but it just popped into my head. I'm like the rest of my life. Ooh, bars. Like, 
like I wasn't even thinking like you know daily hourly you know I wasn't even breaking it down I'm just like oh like the rest of my life this has been a great conversation thank you all for listening there's nothing more powerful than that statement right there we're good whoa (laughs) real though it's real and we have no idea how long that is yeah yeah it's infinite yeah It, it could be it could be anything like, do you have an idea? Okay, this is a little bit of a morbid and super off-topic question, but do you have like an idea of when like you think you might die? It, it is very morbid, and and we'll go right into it. I'll finish <laughs> okay. the then, and then we'll okay. go into it because yes, I do. I have a very specific timeline given to me by doctors. So in the okay. diagram, you now have why. Mm-hmm. What do I care about? Why do I care about it? And the whys are going to be uncomfortable. You get them. What's the skill? I'm cooking. I care about poverty, and I have two hours that by changing my life is going to give me 20 hours that by continuing to change my life is going to give me the whole thing. Mm, Okay. So you readapt your life into a place. And I promise you, there's only one thing that I know of in the world that's going to make you feel better than volunteering. And that's being a parent. Like, honestly, there's nothing stronger than your connectivity to actually being in service to people. Mm -hmm. And you know, everybody knows it. When I say it, they're like, I, I know. I'm like, why aren't you doing it then? Because if we all did it, these problems would go away. And I know that just seems like a sweeping generalization, but it's true. If I can feed 3 million people with some support, but not a whole lot, yeah. we can really just do this thing. And it also makes you feel incredible. So yeah. I encourage you when you're like, what, you know, where is that? I think that that's a little exercise you can run for yourself. Um, so getting into the dark side. <laughs> Come to the dark side. Yo, um, <laughs> so why I have to leave Australia uh, mm-hmm. as a very successful DJ, married, beautiful home, everything I've ever wanted in life, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get to play with all my heroes. I'm touring with Gangstar, with Sugar Hill Gang, with like all of my, like literally. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Really, the guy, public enemy, the people I grew up listening to are now in my sphere. And I'm like, I did it. You know, yeah. it took me 15 years, but I made it. Yeah. Um, and I love my life. And I got diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease, oh. which is hereditary. And my mom has it. 
and my oh. aunt passed from it. My grandfather passed from it. And I'm the last in the line of our family that has it of all of the cousins. I'm the only one. I get diagnosed. Of course, all sorts of stuff happens to my mental health, but the country says to me, you can either sign off on your medical care for the rest of your life, meaning you'll have to pay for it all right. or you can get out. What? I was like, cool. How long do I have? And they were like, how about eight weeks? Um, uh, yeah. So my visa okay. basically got pulled. Um, I had to sell my house. I lost my shirt and everything, like basically lost all of our savings, lost everything that we had uh, and got given a death sentence. So they were like, you'll be dialyzing within probably, you know, five to seven years approximately. And if you don't get a donor, you know how it goes. So I was like, I know how it goes. Bedside oh manner and doctors. Gosh. Like, cool. So you've just said, I've lost my, all of everything I built here. Yeah. I'm now all of my money, which meant something to me at the time. Yeah. And now I'm going to die by the time I'm 40 is essentially what you're saying. Or like 37 or something along those lines, 38. Right. They were like, well, I mean, you could live a long, prosperous life, but you know, you have the aggressive type of PKD and you know. We don't have a lot of research on it. Not a lot of money is being spent researching it. So, you know, the surgeries don't work. We know that. And they just continued to give me like oh the my worst, God. worst news and advice ever. There's a happy ending here. Okay. And so <laughs> I am regretting asking this question. I was supposed you know. to be here. I was supposed to be here. Yeah. There's no question that I wasn't supposed to do this work in the downtown east side. I mean, it's not up for debate. Yeah. Like I, I didn't, if I'd stayed there and been a DJ, I literally didn't have any impact in my brain aside from making people happy. And that's, you know what? It's enough, but it wasn't my, it wasn't my journey. This yeah. was all part of it. Yeah. So I get here and I get this nephrologist, my kidney doctor. And he's like, yeah, you seem to be in actually pretty decent shape. Like we'll keep a close monitor on you. I am 45 this year. I do not dialyze. Woo. My blood pressure is a absolutely spotless 118 over 78 to 79 every single day. I have 15 to 16 hours of energy a day. I feel like I'm getting younger physically. Whoa. All of it is there. My heart's never been in better shape. My lungs have never been in better shape. My liver and kidney function is high considering where I am. Yeah. And I'm a case study. Whoa. I don't fuck with modern medicine. Yeah. I don't believe them. I don't believe in it. And I'm not... Look, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Stick me. The second this is ready, let's go. You know, I got dipped... Like literally yellow fever, malaria, polio, all these when I was 15, 16 traveling to Africa. Like I believe in, in this, in the science. Yeah. I just don't believe in the death sentence. Yeah. I've seen people recover from things that are inexplicable and my trajectory makes no sense. Yeah. But it makes all the sense in the world to me. So I live every wow. single day. Like it's a gift because it is, it, it literally is given back to me. Yeah. I didn't have these years and now I have them. And so I'm squeezing everything I can out of them. And sobriety is a similar thing. Cause you look back, I mean, you can imagine where I went to as an alcoholic and as an addict, when I found that out, Yeah, I wasn't a whole lot of fun to be around. You know, yeah. it goes without saying that marriage didn't work. <laughs> I saw that ex-wife three days ago. She's incredible <laughs> and a great human and one of my best friends, but like I, I was impossible. Yeah. And you know, when somebody tells you everything that you believe and everything that you've already inherently known mm -hmm. um, in your body, it, we have these moments. And I think this is a perfect way to segue into it's okay to struggle with addiction. Mm. And it's almost in some 
instances necessary to see exactly how beautiful your life is. Yeah. It's important. And it, and it happens. We are, we are marketed to. We are. We, we are, really are. We are sold everything at all times that will hurt us. Yeah. From the food that we put in our body to the alcohol that we drink innocuously at every single gathering of every day. Um, Even to the thoughts that we think. It's all there. You know, like just perpetuating those stories of avoidant behavior, avoidant thoughts, like one after the other. And like alcohol, drugs, you know, relationships can perpetuate that story of just keeping those guards up, like keeping yourself safe. Mm -hmm. Don't be vulnerable. Like stay in this comfort zone. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. So that rocked your world. I... I'm kind of glad I asked that question now because that was a really amazing story and how everything kind of came to fruition for you. Yeah. I mean, there's so many other winding roads that lead me to sleeping on a couch in these van and attempting to take my life and all sorts of other things that occurred in between, you know, the guy who stands in front of you today. Yeah. Um, But all of it was supposed to happen the way it did. And I think we, we look back at those things in this deep regret space and it's almost mm-hmm. a pain that we can't get past, right? That we hold that it's like, you are not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I love, I love some of the, some therapy friends of mine who are always like, which, which Mark is talking is a 15 year old Mark is a 32 year old Mark or is yeah. it, is it, you know, 45 year old Mark, which, which one is talking right now? I'm like, yo, don't Ooh. now 15 year old Mark is definitely talking. To <laughs> You're going to get slapped up. <laughs> um, and it's Aww. to notice and to honor, to really honor those past selves, like drunk Mark. Yeah. I, I had some of the greatest moments of my life, super intoxicated. Some of the greatest like successes of my life, like playing, you know, iconic DJ nights in, in Brooklyn, like loaded. And yeah. I remember them. And they, that tool or that, like that moment was what it was. Now I realize when I get to do them still, even in the pandemic, sober, how much more I can savor them, but I can still remember that energy and I can access that energy that I learned from letting go. And alcohol did that. It came with way too many consequences, but it did do that. And I think ignoring that of our past is a disservice. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just like shove it all down or feel guilty or shameful for it. It doesn't serve you. No, no, not at all. If there's, you know, amends to be made, make them. And Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely start with yourself. Yeah. You got to start with you. It all has to start with you being okay with you. And, you know... (laughs) One of the practices I had to get it into in the in like in the morning in my recovery was looking myself in the mirror and saying I love you. Ooh, and fuck that's tough. That uncomfortable. <laughs> like we're Canadian. <laughs> You're not allowed to love yourself. That's not. No, that's um, that no, is absolutely not. not. <laughs> don't you dare. But what that would just let your ego out of the ego closet, and then Jesus, you'd be wildly uncontrollable. Totally. God. God Who knows what would happen. <laughs> Who knows? (laughs) Next thing you know, right? Um, (laughs) But you have to start there. Mm. And you get through that discomfort and you realize what's looking back at you isn't just you. Mm. 
we are all completely and utterly interconnected. We talk about the mycelium of the planet, right? And we say, all the trees talk. They do. Mm -hmm. They do. So do the animals. And so do we. Yes. And so when you say, I love you, you are referring to everybody who is in your sphere and people you don't know who are. Mm. I don't want to get too far woo-woo and mess up this Mr. Big analogy. Uh, you know what I mean? I no, modern day Mr. Big. Modern <laughs> right, right, day Mr. Right. Big goes there. He definitely goes there. All right. I got crystals, girls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the thought of that and just being like, what did you do today? And yeah. so I have to, instead of thinking about what I did not accomplish every single day, we'll stop and go through and be like, you mentored this person. You did this talk. You did this work. You balanced this. This happened, you generated this revenue for the charity, you partner with this person and you walk through it and you're like, you know what? You did a great job today. Mm. It's okay to be tired. Yeah. It's okay to be all these things. And you definitely don't want a Manhattan. No. Let's go to sleep. (laughs) Let's go to sleep and do it all again tomorrow. (laughs) But we don't have these parts of our society put us in this repressive place. Yeah. Right. And so the only way that we can access that, what we think is love which is the chemical version of it mm-hmm. is by inebriation because yeah. we don't have the practices, but the practices are coming more and more prevalent. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are into meditation and yoga and the releases of all of those things. Those are yeah. critical and thousands of years old, like they, they matter mm-hmm. and they can take you to a similar place. If you dedicate yourself to them, exercise, lots of, lots of ex addicts love to work. Yep. Out. <laughs> take that moderation too. I don't need to see your 37 pack on the internet. Yeah. Calm down. Um, <laughs> But all of these things do give you a better, cleaner, if you will, high. Yes. You just have to dedicate yourself to them. Yeah. Or even just try them. Give yourself mm-hmm. the space to try. You know, I always say like in, the, in your first like 30 days, like kind of take it as an experiment, you know, not, not be, not tell yourself what you are and aren't going to do. Take it as a, a, a flow, as an experiment. And yeah, try some meditation, try some yoga. There's a reason why people keep mentioning these, these modalities and these practices because something happens. Yeah. Something just, I don't know. It's like, it makes your brain open up. It's like this flower that just blossoms. Definitely. And I mean, this is a talk for another time, but mm-hmm. um, those of you uh, who have experienced experimented in any way with psychedelics mm-hmm. or with microdosing, you know, in extreme cases that I work with people who are coming off of opioids and heavy, heavy, heavy drugs and uh, psilocybin is an, I just, I encourage everybody to do their research yeah. around it. And I think we can just leave it at that. But what that will do for your being um, is pretty spot on every time. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I would love to go into that conversation, but we don't have any more time <laughs> because that's that's a great point. You make a really, really great point there. Uh, Mark, I have one more question. Sure. To anyone listening, what piece of advice would you give them if they're thinking of getting sober, if they're kind of you know going through it right now? What is one kind of piece of advice you could give someone listening? Um, I'll, I'll give a statement and okay. then a piece of advice. You're worth it. Mm. You're absolutely worth it. You're worth every part of the most incredibly difficult thing you'll probably do. Uh, It will test all of your friendships, all of your normative behaviors, all of the things that you are used to, uh, all of the comforts that you 
use alcohol or drugs for. And I promise you that the clarity that it brings is it's so, so worth it. Now, what also happens, and this is just so important to say, is that everything you haven't faced is going to come see you. Oh, yeah. It's all going to come see you. And it's going to suck a lot um, to the point of I'm in my own sobriety was three years, six-ish months or something like straight edge, not an aspirin. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was like, ah, oh, I think I'm okay. I think I'm going to try and have a drink. Mm-hmm. And my brain and my addiction was like, yeah, of course you can. What are you talking about? It was never about the alcohol. It was your trauma mm. and you're working on your trauma. So you're cool. Yeah. Lie, <laughs> lie. And I lost control. Mm. Now didn't hurt anybody aside from myself. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. Mm. And I have really close friends that I lean on who are also in this space who I did not you know, I, I was so ashamed as somebody who lives like literally out loud as hard as I can. I was super ashamed. I was embarrassed of myself. I was embarrassed to be me. Like yeah. it just, it felt wrong. I knew that I'd missed some opportunities and I'd let some people down in my mind. Yeah. And then I decided to share it openly, which led you and I to meeting Yeah. Um, in a way that I, I was hoping could help other people. I didn't realize that that was the whole point of what was supposed to happen. Uh, and it did. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm now more resolute, uh, but also kind to myself. And I, <laughs> I do not in any way think that that's it forever. Mm-hmm. I might slip again. And if I do, I'm going to know how to get back up. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Mark, so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. It was an, an awesome conversation. Honor and a pleasure to be with you. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful and safe holiday. How great is Mark? Are you getting Mr. Big Vibes or what? Am I right or am I right? (laughs) As always, thank you so much for your love and support. Couldn't do this without you. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, leave your comments. We love to hear your feedback about the podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girl's Guide. And don't forget about the blog, your how-to tips, tricks. We keep the blog fully stocked and loaded so you don't have to be. Head to asobergirlsguide.com. We have everything from downloadable journals to worksheets, Sober Girl swag. If you are sick and tired of saying no to drinks this season, wear it instead. Head to asobergirlsguide.com. We have you covered. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.